Data Mesh Radio is provided as a free community resource by Data Mesh Understanding. It is produced and hosted by me, Scott Herleman. I created Data Mesh Radio to be a resource for Data Mesh practitioners the world over. This is a weekly summary episode where I share a bit about the upcoming week's episodes and give you an extended summary for any interviews or panels that will be released during that week. It's designed to help you decide what episodes you might want to spend the full time to listen to, as interview episodes and panels are typically more than one hour long. In general, if you were running up against any challenges with Data Mesh, I'm here to help. I started a company around doing just that, Data Mesh Understanding. So get in touch if I can be of help. Check out our free community programs and things like that as well. Programming notes for the week of August 27th, 2023. As stated in the little brief episode that was released recently, I'm going to be on a hiatus for new episodes as I'm still recovering from a rather severe illness. For this week, I picked three episodes that I think people should listen to and reflect, right? If you listened to them before and haven't listened to them, you know, because they came out over a year ago, I think you should re-listen to them. I think there's a lot to really learn from these. The first is a mesh musing that I think is as relevant today as it was the day I released. It's called It's Not Just You. You aren't the only one struggling with whatever challenge you are having. I think everybody should listen to this. I think a lot of people will try and skip it, but I think this should be something that everybody kind of thinks about and reflects on. It's rather short, so... I think you should spend the time to actually listen to it and absorb it. The second is episode 44, which was with Khan Chow from when he was at Northern Trust before he more recently moved over to Granger to lead their data mesh implementation. I think in this episode, there's a ton of really good information in general, but one of the biggest is the difference in results between when they kind of half-assed it with data services before going the data mesh route and doing actual data products. I think learning from this and reflecting on kind of what went right, what went wrong, how they they started to see some real value, it should motivate you to make sure you aren't trying to cut too many corners. Yes, you can't implement data mesh on day one, but it's important to keep an eye on what actually delivers value, scale, and flexibility, agility around data. And I think this helps you to reflect back on that. The third is episode 52 with Sarita Bax about getting out of your own way when it comes to your data governance and data mesh. It's a very fun chat just in general, but it's also crucial to understanding a ton of aspects about data mesh in general and especially governance. This one episode, it has probably shaped my data mesh thinking more than any other episode, maybe more than any other piece of content. And yes, that includes the book and the uh, original blog posts. I think this really, really changed my perspective on a lot of things. And I think it can really help you to reflect back on what matters and how do you think about actually doing data governance and practice rather than kind of getting wrapped around the axle. I think you'll get a ton out of it. The bottom line upfront summaries for the episodes with Sarita and Khan 
are going to follow here in a bit for you to review so you can decide for yourself if you'd like to listen to those episodes. So with that, let's go ahead and get to those. Bottom line up front, what will you hear about and learn about in this episode? I interviewed Khan Chow, lead architect for the Data Mesh Initiative at Northern Trust. Let's start with the background first. Northern Trust has been moving forward with Data Mesh for about seven months as part of their high-level digital transformation initiative. On the data side, they had previously focused on data virtualization and data federation, but it was not delivering the results that they had wanted. They were too IT slash technology focused. Instead of centering on getting the data to consumers in a usable, consumable format, it was also not as scalable as they wanted. It was taking two to three months to launch each new data service. They did not have great information on who was consuming the data and and why. Lineage was also an issue. Northern Trust decided on going down their data mesh path to take a pragmatic approach, such as not pushing all aspects of data ownership fully left. Adavinta took a similar approach, even if the implementation details were very different. Khan and team were focused on finding a happy balance on data product SLAs and quality. Improvement was crucial, but good and done is better than perfect and just a few more weeks slash months. Khan talked about the need for exec buy-in before heading down the data mesh path. They got that exec buy-in by proving that the total cost of ownership or TCO of the data was quite high as the consumers had to do a lot of work to get the data to a usable format. It was not easy to prove though as a word of caution. For their proof of concept for data mesh, they set a timeline of three sprints, which was nine total weeks. They needed to prove value by then or data mesh would be a tough sell internally. Khan talked about the need to sell data mesh as a paradigm shift, get people out of technology-focused thinking, which is kind of what led them down that data virtualization and data federation path that wasn't paying off for them. When speaking internally, the business people, you know, really the domains, were very excited to participate if it meant that they could get quality data. Some of the IT slash data engineering folks were harder to convince. It was especially hard to get them to shed layers of not very useful technology. A common pushback was kind of, but my toys. Some IT teams were easier to convince as they had felt the impact of a few too many middle of the night data downtime incidents. Other teams hadn't felt that pain, so they were harder to win over. There was also the incentive of additional possibilities. Data Mesh meant that these teams could do things that they couldn't do before. Khan talked about the 80-20 rule. You know, I'm seeing this in a lot of places. Make the platform the easy and right path for 80% of the use cases. Don't try to paint too much of the white space. Don't try and paint too much in the corners because you'll be spending all of your time focused on those corner cases instead of improving it for the vast majority of of users. 
focused on making things easy to configure. Basically, what transformations do you want to do? And then it automatically provisions the pipelines for the teams. Their goal was to make it easy to make good progress quickly. Their time to initial deploy went from two to three months per data service when they were doing the data virtualization and data federation route to two to three weeks to, per data product. And they hope to drive it down even further. So that's about you know, a, a 75% reduction. A big focus and a key driver for Northern Trust has been building muscle and learning evolving along the way. It's important to evolve quickly and not build muscle in the wrong way. When you think about sports and you think about training and things like that, if you do things the wrong way repeatedly, that becomes ingrained. And that's, that's bad because it's hard to kind of get yourself out of that mode. But you also need to make failure okay. You should look to make it easy to fail fast, measure, and adjust. Northern Trust is still in the early days of figuring out interoperability between data products. It's more of an art than a science. You know, Khan believes that bitemporality is more important right now than interoperability. But the Northern Trust team understands that interoperability is important as it allows, one, more easily sharing data from acquired companies, and two, leveraging of data from legacy systems. For Khan, he really emphasized that you have to be passionate about making data better to do a good job implementing data mesh. And it is definitely a journey, so you need patience and vision. Also, each journey is unique. You can't just copy-paste from another organization as much as a lot of us want to do that. So heck yes, say that with me again one more time. Each journey is unique. You can't copy-paste from another organization. This is another really good um, interview in our series of user journey stories, and I think you'll really enjoy it and get a lot out of it. Bottom line up front, what are you going to hear about and learn about in this episode? I interviewed Sarita Bax, Managing Director and a leader in firm-wide data management at J.P. Morgan Chase. I asked Sarita to be on because of her deep experience in data mesh and her great perspective on data governance in data mesh. We summed up the episode with talking about getting out of your own way regarding data governance in, in data mesh. You're going to learn and your approach will evolve as you learn. It's okay to not know everything up front. Set yourself up to not get in trouble with the proper guardrails in place, but you won't know everything. Data risk controls are relatively easy to measure, so get to a place where you can focus on adding value to individual data products and at the mesh level via standards and guiding principles and things like that. Think of designing your risk controls as toll gates and make sure that they aren't bottlenecks. So kind of popping up to a higher level, historically, data governance has meant controls and gatekeeping to most people, typically getting in the way of innovation, kind of, oh, no, I have to deal with the data governance team. So there needs to be a focus on changing that narrative. 
not just through words, but actions to show it's not the case anymore. In data mesh, you need to ensure that domains can make good decisions on governance and seek out the governance subject matter experts when it makes sense to do so. But a lot of that is giving the giving teams the responsibilities and then the understanding to know when to make that call and when to seek guidance or help. One of the key issues in the way governance has been done is the people making the decisions, the central governance team, don't have the real understanding of the data. When those decisions are put in the hands of the people who really know the data, but with good guardrails and and especially that good guidance, the fear is lifted about, can we actually use this data and how can we use it? So goodbye to data trepidation. This opens up a lot of new opportunities to leverage your data, but you must really know your, your boundaries about what's allowed, slash in good taste, slash ethical. Basically, if you set your governance up well, it can make it your teams feel safe to leverage data in new and innovative ways, driving significant value. Sarita strongly recommends starting with purpose-built data products. Find a use case and build data products to serve that, that specific use case. And data products must be about unlocking business value. You don't need to serve up all of a domain's data on day one, in version one you know, of that domain's first data product. Make your data products extensible and reusable so you can find additional consumers and expand that data product over time. This is a recurring theme from from many episodes. Lorenzo Nicora, for example, covered the same concept really well in his episode on domain-driven design for data. When thinking about broad governance, a few things Sarita emphasized were you, you don't need to have the firm-wide vision completed at the start. You should be providing guidance, not making decisions on most issues. You know, have some standards so people don't have to invent things from scratch. Standards for interoperability, naming, etc. And think of them as guiding principles instead of rules. Make sure domain owners know who to contact and, and when on the governance subject matter expertise. She also hit on the issue of data products and, and column naming a lot, which she was saying, and, and I agree with her, is pretty key for, for data discovery. That, that naming convention, is, as annoying as it can be, really does help when you're thinking about, okay, should I explore this data product? Um, so that way people actually will go and, and be able to find the data that they want uh, if, if you've already created it. A great point and quick soundbite around data mesh and and intentionality was creating copies of data isn't necessarily bad. Just don't inadvertently become a redistribution point of data. If you're going to be redistributing data, you need to have the intentionality around that. You need to want to be a redistribution point. Don't uh, accidentally become that. You're going to learn a lot from this one, plus there are some good laughs uh, along the way. I think you'll really enjoy it, and Sarita is very sharp and just a delight to have on. So with that, let's let's go ahead and get to the episode. Hopefully it sounds like some awesome episodes for you coming up this week. 
As a reminder, feel free to get in touch if I might be useful in your data mesh journey, helping quite a few organizations and introducing people to each other, plus doing some roundtables. Check out datameshunderstanding.com for more information. I hope you have a great rest of your day and week. Now on to that fun, funky little outro music. Thank you.